Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones had just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So for that, we bring in our friend who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Lee Dilaterio. He says, have you reassessed the Denzel Mims situation? He's getting his tires pumped up and taking photos with Zach Wilson and the wide receivers. No, my assessment of Denzel Mims is exactly the same as it was last week. And that assessment is, I liked him a lot out of Baylor, thought he had immense potential, liked what I saw out of him in his rookie year. He was really bad last year for a variety of reasons. I think a lot of it was mental. I think a big portion of it was the fact that he got hurt and got sick early on, fell behind, and mentally never recovered, and it all snowballed from there. I don't think you can count on Denzel Mims for anything. I think it's still possible that he could become good. We'll see. He appears to be motivated, but I'm not going to let workout photos or videos influence my opinion until I see him on the field and actually watch him making plays. Because after what we saw last year, I think at this point, you're playing with house money if you get anything positive out of him. You sort of have to write him off as a loss, and if he pleasantly surprises you, that's awesome. Yeah, this this is we've we've I've seen this movie before with uh, numerous Jets players, um, you know that has a little bit of flash or that came in uh, with some promise. 
Um, and I, I, I was a big fan of Mims. And before any of this, you know, the uh, training, uh, practice, uh, photos, all this service, if you asked me this last week, I would have told you exactly what I'm going to tell you right now, which is, yeah, sure. I think it's absolutely possible that Denzel could uh, become a contributor, whether with uh, the Jets or go somewhere else and contribute. I do think it's absolutely possible that there was just everything just went wrong for him last year. And he just could, it was a moving train that he just couldn't get on. Like he kept trying to, but he just couldn't quite fully secure himself on that train. I believe it's absolutely possible that that is the case. However, if I'm running the show and I am, uh, you know, just covering it, I am operating under the assumption that you're getting nothing from Denzel Mims right now. And anything he gives you is an awesome bonus. So I am not going into the draft being like, eh, we don't need to, you don't need to get a, a receiver here because Denzel Mims is there. Or you only need one receiver because Denzel Mims. Or I'm going to let you talk it out of trade because of Denzel Mims. No, it's you assume that you're getting nothing out of him and you hope to be wrong and get a nice, pleasant surprise bonus. Uh, but right now you can't, you can't assume anything. And it, I mean, it's good. It's, I'll say this too. It, it's obviously good to see him doing that. Uh, but, uh, but it, it doesn't mean anything. It's good that he's there practicing. It, all, all it means is it's not awful news that he's not there. Next question comes in from Robert Hurdle. He says, if Kayvon Thibodeau's off the board at number four, would a pick swap with the Panthers plus a fourth rounder be enough for the Jets to land DJ Moore? No, because DJ Moore just signed a long-term extension with the Panthers. I don't think it would have been enough anyway, but he's absolutely not going anywhere. Uh, that, that, that could be enough, you know, depending on, again, go back to uh, how the grades, the players they have graded there. If, if they just have one guy with a 98 that's on board, that they're 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 not dropping back. But um, if they if it's if it's super close enough and they can drop back two spots and pick up DJ Moore, like forget even the fourth and that, I could see them considering it. But you're right, that's obviously not happening for the reason that you said. The Panthers are not going to to do that. But uh, you know, I could see absolutely see them doing something similar it, again but this is one of those things I, I can't answer definitively it, but it's all about how it makes sense to, and it whether it makes sense and, and sounds logical and reasonable to you and me and everybody listening uh, it doesn't matter all is how it sounds reasonable to joe douglas with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Drew Nestico. He says, at this point, we have a pretty good feel for Joe Douglas's 2021 draft class, yet I'm still not sure what to make of Jamie and Sherwood and Hamza Nasraldine. What would you say is their value to the team at this point? Where do they fit going forward? How do the Jets view these two? Chris, I'll let you talk a little bit more about how you think they view both of those players going forward, but... I think the role is they're both going to compete for time at linebacker. Right now, the only guy on the team at linebacker who is set in stone as a starter is C.J. Mosley, and C.J. Mosley is a short-term solution. Most likely, he's either restructuring or he's going to be gone after this coming year. And so you've got Quincy Williams and a couple of other players in the mix, and we'll see what the Jets do in the draft, but Dean and Sherwood are going to get some looks at linebacker like they were getting before they both got hurt last year. Yeah, they're, they're both going to get looks. Um, so, like I, similar to what I was saying with Denzel Mims, except it's just like these guys at, at very least are going to have a role, assuming that they stay healthy. Uh, but that I, their presence would not stop them from, you know, drafting somebody in the middle of rounds. Their presence is not going to stop them from adding somebody if they think that that player is worth it. Uh, they're not going to sit there and, you know, like I know there's a lot of talk right now about uh, oh, should a team go ahead uh, for Nicobe Dean or something like that. And, you know, that's a whole different – the injury, all that is a whole different uh, discussion. But they're certainly not going to pass on Nicobe Dean because they have those guys there. Um, they – they're definitely going to have a chance to compete and to have a role. And as again, assuming they're healthy, I, I absolutely see them as like at least a depth piece, a backup and special teams, uh, you know, come in in sub packages and, and certain uh, extra packages and stuff. I think that is the floor for both of those guys. I do think that there's a ceiling for, each of them to be solid, solid starters. I don't, I don't think we're talking anything uh, crazy there, but I think that there's a ceiling for both of them to be solid contributors. And I, I, you know, they'll probably fall anywhere in between, probably a little bit closer towards the like bottom starter depth uh, sub package players. But um, for sure, their presence is not going to stop them from upgrading if they feel they can upgrade. 
Next question comes in from Kevin six two five zero six zero one six. He says, "Any talk of the Jets and Falcons discussing some sort of move from four to eight involving the number forty three overall pick? They seem like an ideal trade partner." I haven't heard anything, Chris. I'm not sure if you have, but I can say I'm not sure that it makes a ton of sense for Atlanta unless there's a player they really want. If there had been some sort of discussion revolving around Calvin Ridley, then maybe, but unless Atlanta really wants a guy at number four, the buzz is that they want a receiver. They'll be able to get whoever they want at number eight. They don't need to move up to number four for that. So I wouldn't be sitting around waiting for the Jets and Falcons to get any kind of deal done. I hear everything you say. I wholeheartedly agree with everything you say. I will also say I cannot possibly begin to understand what the Falcons have been thinking for the past couple of years. <laughs> like they, every time they make one move, they seem to make the next move like from the complete opposite angle. Like we're competing now. We're, tech, we're like I don't. I have no idea what they've been doing. Uh, so like it. I like listening to that. I was like, why would Atlanta ever trade up? Like if anything, the only thing that would make sense for Atlanta is not even this to trade. It's to take a pick. I don't care who's there. Just keep trading down. Um, but then my immediate thought was, well, I mean, I can't predict Atlanta. Maybe they would trade up and maybe they'd give some type of huge, crazy haul to trade up. And like, Maybe they'd trade up for Malik Willis for, for who knows. Well, I don't know. Like, I really – there's not many organizations that I feel like I have uh, less of a feel for them just acting in a reasonable manner. Uh, it, it's weird how this has happened. Uh, they've just been so bad since that Super Bowl collapse that people haven't really been paying attention to it. But it, the, the decisions is, is baffling there. But, yeah, I don't – I don't see that happening, but I get, again, I can't rule it out, but yeah, it, again, just generically speaking, uh, like if somebody, if Joe Douglas, we we've seen this, he'll trade up, he'll trade down. If he feels that he can get uh, a good enough value to do that, he's willing to play the board and move up and down it. And again, uh, you know, he, we have a, pretty good idea about how he values and how he likes to approach the draft at especially early draft the positions he values this is why i'm still sitting there like i know the popular theory is wide receiver that the definitely taking wide receiver at 10 and i'm just thinking that's exactly what joe douglas wants you to think i think i think he he knows and accepts that everyone knows he wants one uh edge at four I think Joe Douglas wants the world thinking he wants to go receiver at 10 and he like that's not what he does positional value that's not where it is I don't see I don't see in other scouts I don't see a a receiver really the top 10 worthy uh Jameson Williams the only one close in the injury uh concerns and I just I think he's going to stick with a more uh, highly uh posi- valued position and at that position, at that move there, I just, that's, that just feels like the case to me. But again, we will see, of course, if, if he values, he'll play that board. We've, we've seen it. Goes along with our next question from John Filippelli, who asks, if the Jets don't trade for a wide receiver or draft one on day one of the draft, would you consider that a failure? No, because there's nothing they can do to force a team to trade them a receiver. And as far as day one of the draft, 
Listen, if there's a wide receiver they really like that they think they could get at 35 or 38, that's fine. There's a lot of receivers in this draft that I think are sort of in that mix. And as Chris said, there's not a receiver that I personally think they must take at number 10. Maybe there's a guy they really like and want to take there. Maybe there's a guy they want to trade back into the first round to grab if they don't get one at 10. Or maybe they're content with the second wave of wide receivers and they really like those guys. Look, last year we heard that there were three elite wide receivers in the draft. Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, and Jamar Chase, and look at what Elijah Moore ended up doing, and look at what Elijah Moore seems to be on the verge of becoming in the NFL. So if they've identified somebody like that that they think they can get at 35, I'm totally fine with that. I don't think it's necessarily a failure if they don't get a receiver in the first round or via trade. Now, I do think they need to get a receiver at some point in the draft that they feel can be a very impactful wide receiver, if not immediately, then within a reasonable time frame, but I don't think it has to be in the first round. Yeah, uh, we were talking about this before we started recording, and actually we've been talking about this for months now. This idea that you need the number one receiver has just come out of nowhere where for forever it was, look, the you get the top receivers and they don't win you anything. And I kind of get it now because of high exploding offenses and because you're going to these uh, young quarterbacks and the training wheels theory on them. So I do I kind of get that, but you don't, you still don't need a top 10 receiver. You don't need first round receivers. There's plenty of these guys that come in from second round on later um, and are great. And I'm not just talking about like, you know, Antonio Brown as a six round pick with the character issues. Like I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like players in the third, th- second and third round. I'm talking about Debo Samuels. Uh, I'm talking about uh, all those types of guys. They're, they're not, you can get them. Um, you know, the 49ers drafted Ayuk uh, with uh, mid twenties, uh, I believe it was. But that that's not a top ten pick. They that offense didn't have a a top ten receiver in it. Go ahead. It, now again, we talked about this last pod. I do think that there's a just a real possibility of you trading down and then taking a receiver. You know, late teens, twenties, or trading back up into the late first round and snagging receiver, or taking a receiver with that second pick. I I fully get that. I that's where the value with this class of receivers makes sense. Again, Joe Douglas likes to do that, but the the Shanahan scheme doesn't need a number one receiver. You do need to get Zach Wilson help, absolutely. But we've talked about this before too. More, way more important than getting, uh, spending a first round pick on a receiver, is getting a good receiving tight end. Uh, try try to add that uh, to go along with the. You know, the two signings they got there, try to add a new young guy there. And then, uh, you know, again, that's not going in the first round either. And those middle rounds and try and get a receiver in that second uh, round area. But it doesn't have to be in the first. You don't need to force it. The the, the value uh, positions have not changed. Wide receiver is not has not climbed into that elite tier yet. I get that it's teetering when you have a young quarterback that needs the training wheels. I can, I can get the case there, but it's still not there. And, and 
this crop of receivers, I'm waiting until that that second round area before I'm going. Since you brought up the tight ends, Chris, our friend Nick Smith asks, how about a break from draft questions for a minute? Who do you think will be tight end number one, Uzama or Conklin? I don't think it's going to be a clear case of one and two. I think it's probably going to be 1A, 1B. They're both going to fill a role in the offense, and I don't think either one of them is going to be George Kill or anything like that, but they're two functional, reasonably productive tight ends who can both fit in the system and do what the Jets need them to do. So I think they'll both be reasonably productive, but I don't know that I think either one of them is going to have some sort of major edge over the other. I I agree with you, but I will, uh, for the sake of the question, and especially for the sake of giving me the the break of the draft talk for just a second, I much appreciate that. Um, (laughs) For just speaking on a how will they list it on the draft depth chart, I'll give uh, uh, CJ the edge there uh, just because of the veteran locker room presence. uh, They talk about how well respected of a locker room leader is. Um, In in practice, it's going to depend on, you know, certain packages, what they're trying to do. And I think it'll be a 1A, 1B. Sometimes it'll be more Conklin. Sometimes it'll be more him. So that's what it is. But that chart reason, you know, maybe the the vet – a leadership edge goes to CJ. Next question comes in from Peter Sawyer. He says, are the solutions at linebacker really in-house already? What are the chances they spend a day two pick on a linebacker? What are the chances CJ Mosley is still here after 2022? So I don't think the solutions at linebacker are in-house already, but maybe Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich do. We'll see what their actions tell us when the draft comes and that leads into the second part of your question which is what are the odds they spend a day two pick on a linebacker i think it depends on what they get done with their first couple of picks if they get to number 69 and there's a linebacker they really like and they've addressed the other areas they wanted to address then maybe i also don't know what their feeling is on these younger guys and how much potential they think they have like we were talking about before jamie and sherwood and Hamza Nazraline, not to mention Quincy Williams. I personally wouldn't be banking on any of those guys, but maybe they've decided that they're comfortable with those guys competing for the spots and they don't want to use high leverage assets to go get a linebacker. We'll find out soon enough. And as far as C.J. Mosley, that's all going to come down to, I think, if he plays well, if he's willing to take a bit of a pay cut and restructure, he'll stay. If he's not, then he'll go, and that'll be up to him. Of course, it's all predicated on him playing well, because if he doesn't play well, they'll just cut him, and that'll be the end of it. So I think it's a fluid situation, but there's no way that he'll be back here next year on the current salary that he's scheduled to make. Yeah, I'll I'll circle back to that at at the end here, but um, 100% certainty he is not coming back with this exact contract. That's that's for sure. but yeah, as for just the position in general, you know, again, I the I would not phrase it that you know long term answer is in house. Uh, I can see uh, both uh, Nazler Dean and, and Sherwood being here for a while, um, you know. But again, more as like bottom starter, depth piece, sub package, special team guys. Um, and so I, I don't think that the long-term solutions in the house, I do think that they will absolutely, I think, especially with positions like, you know, inside linebacker, um, 
it's especially like uh, it, it. This is another position that's kind of like running back, and it's been like this for a while. But it's also it's running back, like a running back in the sense that you don't need to spend the uh, go after uh, use a top pick for these guys. You can just keep plucking middle round guys, and you're gonna end up hitting on you know some all pros if you keep doing it. Every once in a while, you're gonna find a Fred Warner out there. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna. If you keep going back to that well, you're gonna find a lot of just solid players doing that. There's solid players that can help your team, and every once in a while, you're gonna find that Fred Warner out there. So I, I do think, and especially for a coach like Sala, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a Mike Holmgren saying you take a quarterback every year. I, I, I feel like that's. Especially for somebody that can, you know, Salah would look at as like the quarterback of his defense to lead the defense like that. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see him take a player of that mold every single draft that he's a head coach. That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Make sure you check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great videos up there. Check out those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, mugs, hoodies, caps, it's all there, tpublic.com, that's teepublic.com, and make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.